Today is International Women's Day, and I wanted to take some time to celebrate successful women who are leaders within our community. And of course, someone who has come into our Kamloops community within the last year and dealt with the pandemic since she has gotten here is Kamloops Medical Health Officer, Dr. Carol Fenton. She joins me now on the line. Dr. Fenton, how are you here today? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. As always, really appreciate you always being available here. Um, I guess the big thing today is vaccination efforts in the province. It's the first day for those in the general population to begin booking appointments to get their shot. I know we can't get too deep into things here as it is only just the beginning, but I guess what is your message out there right now, particularly today for those who are, you know, 90 years of age or older, perhaps maybe they have a loved one who fits into that category. What is important for people to remember here? As I know there are many out there anxious to go go about booking their spot in line to get a vaccine. What what do they really need to remember here today? It's really important, you know, to be persistent because, you know, we are building this plane as we fly it. So uh, things may not go exactly according to plan, but, um, you know, we're working as hard as we can to get vaccines to people as, as fast as we can. And so uh, if everyone can just be patient and support us as we try and, and roll this out, uh, we can accomplish that together. And and obviously the age categories, right, that's how we're doing things is calling by age. This week it is, like I mentioned, those who are 90 plus. Um, and it was a really big message, I think, from Dr. Henry last week to make sure people weren't, you know, calling before it was actually their spot in line. What happens, I guess, it, it, do we see system overloads or, or the phone lines get really tied up if people aren't, you know, paying attention to the schedule? Uh, well, I don't know yet what, uh, what all the outcomes are, again, since we just launched that mm. today. Um, but my understanding is that if you are not in the eligible age group, and it's it's those who are 90 or turning 90 this year, so it's by birth year, um, if they're not in that category, uh, they will just be told to phone back another time. So it's best if we can keep those lines open for those that are eligible. Perfect. And and I just um, one more thing on the vaccine here today. Um, we'll get more details as things continue to roll out. But why is it so important? I think it goes without saying at this stage of the game. But why is it so important that people do sign up to get their vaccine? So the vaccine is really our biggest tool in our toolkit to um, ending the pandemic and getting back to a normal life. So uh, we need to achieve what is called herd immunity, which is the point where the virus stops spreading in the population and in order to achieve that we need as many people as immune as possible and so if we uh, can if everyone can get vaccine when their time or their turn comes up uh, we can get there as faster as possible yeah and we're all looking forward to that point in time now uh, speaking of of you know people having the uh, the, the the virus and, and concerns we're seeing within the community as of this past Friday we did have 10 active school exposure events in the district uh, we have spring break coming up here next week. Um, we have the BC Teachers Union asking to be a part of the AstraZeneca rollout for essential workers when it comes to the vaccine. I guess, is there anything you can maybe say to try to calm concerns when it comes to the school system right now? I think we've probably had a similar conversation about this, you and I, uh, in the not-too-distant past. But, you know, we're just continuing to see the ex exposure events pile up. And there's got to be a lot of concern within the, the community, both from students, parents, and from teachers' point of view. Is, is there anything, um, you know, that, that you have in terms of a message to say it's all kind of going to be okay as we work through this? Well, I think everyone's concerned and keeping an eye on the school exposures because they want to make sure that, you know, school is a safe place to be. 
And I can assure you that our system is working very well. Um, and, you know, we do take a cautious approach. So if we hear that someone attended school while infectious, we do the investigation. We send out the notifications so that everybody knows and everybody does the safe thing. And uh, we prevent any infections uh, from happening as much as possible. Um, it is important to remember that, you know, the exposures we are seeing are a reflection of the transmission that's happening in community because most often, you know, someone if school age is exposed from a parent or someone else in community, they get infected and they bring it to school. And so we're not seeing widespread um, transmission in the school setting, which is very reassuring that our system is working. And so we just need to be vigilant to reduce the transmission in the community. For, for a positive note, it's great to hear that March break is coming up and spring is coming. We've got some beautiful blue sky today. And so, you know, the best thing that you can do both after school or on time off is to spend your time outside. And, you know, it's great to get some physical activity and some fresh air, but being outside is, is one of the safest places to be um, from a, an infection prevention standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great message. And, you know, always good to see kids getting active. So being outside would be a great way to do that. Um, yeah. I was curious, too, we, we spoke after the uh, Q&A, the town hall session, whatever you wish to call it, with School District 73, where you had a chance to take some questions from concerned parents out there and other individuals within the community. Have you noticed that maybe people are a little bit more relaxed? Maybe that's not the word, but but, uh, you know, do you think you were able to ease a little bit of tension as a result of that session? Um, I hope so. It's hard to say, you know, what the community tensions are. Most of the questions that are coming my way lately are vaccine related. Yeah. So that might represent a shift, but it's really hard to say. All right. Well, I, I appreciate all those answers. And uh, yeah, really exciting day here with people who are in that uh, 90 plus or turning 90 here this year to be able to start getting the vaccine and having our most vulnerable within our community start to have a, a little bit of protection from COVID-19. So it's a pretty exciting day here uh, in BC from that perspective. I wanted to shift here just a little bit to International Women's Day. I'm just curious, you know, you know, being a woman in the medical field, have you ever experienced any difficulty as a result of your gender? Um, you know, has that ever felt like a barrier at all as you try to accomplish and achieve your goals here as a doctor? I mean, that's a really tricky question because when we're, we're talking about things like gender discrimination, um, it's important to remember that, you know, we live in a society that's structured in a certain way. And so, you know, the, the effects of discrimination may be overt in some in some ways, which I have experienced, but they can also be covert and internalized in other ways. So, you know, there may also be times where I held myself back because I didn't have the confidence based on my own prejudices. And so it's both on a personal level and a systemic level, you know, and, and we know that we have a long ways to go, especially in the medical profession. Um, you know, we're, we, we've achieved the point where roughly 50-50 of uh, medical school um, students are uh, a mix of genders, but we still have quite a gender pay gap once they finish, and the distribution of genders throughout the specialties is quite uneven, so we've got a ways to go. Have at least, I don't even know if I want to take this as a real positive, but has, has that at least gotten better uh, throughout your time as a professional? Well, I have the privilege of working in public health, which has always had, you know, a, a very, uh, has always been very women-led. And so, you know, most of our leaders are public health nurses 
And, um, you know, we're very fortunate in the interior to have, you know, a woman as a CEO and, and many women in leadership positions. So um, I, I consider myself very lucky, but I know in many under, other industries that is not the case. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think it means to have women in, you know, positions like yours, being the medical health officer here in Kamloops, obviously a very prominent uh, position within the medical field here locally. What do you think that means uh, in terms of a message being sent to, to younger girls in our community who maybe have dreams of becoming doctors or becoming, you know, some sort of a, a health professional to see people like yourself in those roles? What do you think that does to help inspire that kind of next generation? Yeah, you know, there's a saying that goes, you know, if she can see it, she can be it. And so um, I like to think that, you know, my presence in the community uh, would inspire young people to um, pursue a a career in public health. Um, But I I do think that we need to work harder at increasing the diversity as well, because I'm quite privileged in many other ways. Is is there anything, you know, that comes to mind as to how to do that? Is it about continuing to to promote um, the idea that you can be anything to that younger generation? Is it about, you know, convincing them to get into the field of, of medical, uh, of medicine and in public health? Is there any sort of general ways that you can kind of think of to actually make sure we're continuing to see diversity expand and continuing to see women take those positive steps in their professional careers? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of things that that everyone can do. And, you know, there are, um, you know, ways that we talk to our young people to make sure that we're, you know, focusing on accomplishments and self-reflection for every child, regardless of their gender. Uh, For adults, it's, you know, taking a close look at policies and how they can make a difference. So an important one is if if male parents um, take uh, parental leave in equal numbers as their women colleagues, um, you know, the women are less likely to be passed over for promotions and and, um, Mm -hmm. other opportunities because the assumption isn't that one gender is going to be less involved in the workplace than another. So that's another real, really important one. And on a policy level, you know, if we increase support for families in general with things like accessible and affordable, high-quality childcare, that increases both parents' abilities to access the workplace. Um, And so it improves everyone's quality of life, but particularly women, because traditionally women are paid less and are more likely to take on those childcare roles. Yeah, no, that's it's some great advice. I really appreciate your time here, Dr. Fenton. I always love having you come on the show. Um, it's a great day for vaccines, but it's a, a really good day to celebrate women here as well. So I really appreciate you taking the time, and I appreciate the message that you have here uh, for those uh, in our community here today. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and, and I always appreciate this. So uh, we'll do it again. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Carol Fenton, medical health officer there for Kamloops. What a great addition to Kamloops she is. She has been awesome and very um, um, available when when, when needed to talk about Mm -hmm. COVID-19 as well, which I've been very, very appreciative because there's a lot of questions. And for a long time there, from the beginning of the pandemic, we just didn't have anyone to answer those questions. Uh, Just a quick note, though, for anyone looking to book a uh, vaccine appointment in Interior Health. So if you are born in uh, 1931 or later, or if, of course, you're 65 plus and Indigenous, you can call 1-877-740-7747. Again, that's 1-877-740-7747 to start booking your appointment for a vaccine.